Hello and welcome to Authentically Alongside. I'm your host, Sarah Nishimoto. And I'm Emily Kallenberg, coming alongside Sarah. This podcast exists as a way to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We want to come alongside you authentically, sharing our lives and hope in Jesus. Hello and welcome back to Authentically Alongside. So today we are joined by Dr. Elisha of Jones Chiropractic in Elida, Ohio. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. We are so glad to have you. And first, I want to share a little bit about how he came to be our guest on the podcast. This is amazing. Because it's kind of a funny story. (laughs) So Emily and I both like separately had thought to ask you on the podcast and then we talked about it and then we were both too chicken to ask you (laughs) and so so then I had an appointment with you and I was too chicken to ask and then Emily had an appointment the next day we were we we had recorded our podcast (laughs) and she said I didn't ask him today and she said maybe you could ask him tomorrow and I said Sarah you know that's not going to (laughs) happen but the next day, I went to my chiropractic appointment, and you asked if we were still doing the podcast, yeah. which of course we were, and you asked what the topic was, and I said, oh, we're talking about caring for our souls, and next week we're going to talk about caring for our bodies, and Dr. Elisha said, if you would ever want to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I got home, and I texted Sarah and said, so Dr. Elisha would love to be on our podcast. <laughs> so I invited myself on. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. So... If that wasn't God orchestrated, right? Then, Absolutely, know what was so divine intervention, right? Yeah, it is. For this to come about, absolutely. <laughs> so, Dr. Elisha, would you start out just by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so I am a chiropractor at Jones Chiropractic. I practice with my wife, Dr. Caitlin, and my father, Dr. Brian. We specialize more in functional medicine and neurology. So we talk about stress day in and day out. So I'm excited to do this topic with you guys today. Yes. We're both pretty stressed. Yeah. <laughs> He's got I, a lot of work to do. <laughs> seriously. I like was trying to be all like stress free today and like <laughs> I had things kind of cleaned up and I was just gonna feed my kids lunch before everything came and then my kids my son comes up the stairs with a shirt full of Beyblades, which are these like little metal and plastic toys, and he's literally got like 40 of them in his shirt and he just dumps them all over the floor and i'm like dude Uh, people are coming over in like 20 (laughs) minutes you can't so i flipped my lid a little bit here um about half an hour ago so (laughs) very good (laughs) yes stress is part of our everyday life but um but i'm so excited that you're here today because when we first talked about doing this podcast we talked about like some different ideas and we're like, well, you know, if we don't have a guest, do we have very much to go on? And we were like, well, hopefully, I thought rely. I educated you guys well. Hopefully. We could just rely <laughs> on Dr. Google. Yeah, but Dr. This Google. Is so much better than it Dr. Is. Google. <laughs> so thank you yeah. so much. Absolutely. Um, well, this summer, we've been walking through a series on eliminating hurry from our lives. And we've talked about how busyness and hurry impact our lives. And we also talked about practices that we can implement to help us begin to retrain our brains to function with less hurry. Um, So stress and hurry impact every part of ourselves that we've kind of found. Um, Our minds, our bodies, and our spiritual selves cannot be separated. They're all connected. And so every part of us is dependent on the others. So last week, we talked about how 
we take care of our souls as we slow down our lives. Um, but healthy bodies are also important to being healthy mentally and spiritually as well. So Dr. Elisha, do you have any more to share about how our overall health is dependent on different parts of, um, of our body being healthy? Absolutely. So big thing is we totally believe what you guys believe that you have the mind, spirit, um, and then your actual physical body as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I like about um, our holistic approach is the mainstream medical system looks at the body by itself. It doesn't take the mind or the soul into consideration at all. And that's what we do every day at our practice is we see people just like you guys that have stress throughout the day, that emotional stress, spiritual stress, but that's afflicting the physical stress on our body too. So it's interesting to see how everything connected um, via the physical versus the emotional or the spiritual with it and how everything's interchangeable. If we're not having the spiritual health, then our mental and physical health isn't going to be there. But also if we don't have our physical health, the mental and the spiritual health won't be there as well too. So everything's just so interconnected. It's almost stressful uh, learning all about it, but it's just fascinating how God's created our bodies. Um, and like it always says, he created us in his image. So it's just fascinating to see how resilient, but also how intricate we are um, physically with our bodies too. And I love, I know the first time I was in the office for uh, just like the introductory chiropractic appointment and I remember coming home and saying to my husband, I've never been to an office where I felt like they saw your whole person, like, yeah. like they yeah. spent time with, you spent time with us and you, um, I don't know, it's just a very different approach from what you're used to in a medical office. Absolutely. Yeah. So kudos to you guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of my favorite authors, KJ Ramsey says that often our bodies are speaking what our minds are afraid to say. Stories most of us have never had space to tell. The tales our bodies tell through our sensations reveal our deepest wounds, truths, and hopes. And um, I've just really enjoyed learning from her, too, how our body is a prophet. It speaks to what is going on in our mind and our spirit as well. And when I look back over the past couple of years in a pretty unhealthy environment, I can see now the ways my body was telling me something needed to change. Um, and sometimes we just talk things up to our bodies falling apart, like natural wear and tear, yeah. right? I feel like but... 35 is the age where like suddenly you're like, I'm just not it's, okay anymore. Something, yeah. something new every day. <laughs> but those physical symptoms, they can speak to what's unhealthy in our souls and our emotions, our minds, and our environments as well. So I know like when I would get adjusted, there were several times I went in and Dr. Elisha was like, are you under a lot of stress lately? Like, do you have a, did you have a big test or paper or, um, but I, I didn't have to say anything. My body told you that I was under stress and that I was not doing okay. And, um, it spoke what I couldn't, what I didn't want to admit and what I didn't realize was under the surface too. So Dr. Elisha, can you tell us a little bit more about how stress impacts our bodies? Yeah. So stress, there's two types of stress, really. You got, you got the good stress and the bad stress. So, like, being parents, that's a good stress. I mean, you're raising kids. Is it? Is it, though? <laughs> so I know, right? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm not a parent yet, but I assume it's a good stress. But, like, exercise, yeah. eating healthy. I was once told it's hard to do anything in life, whether that's being healthy or being unhealthy. Mm -hmm. You have to pick a hard road. Yeah. So, 
that's where there is the good stress, but then there's also the bad stress. Mm -hmm. So at our office, we teach that there's four types of stress. You have your physical stress. So that can be injuries, that can be how you're sleeping, that can be your posture. There's chemical stress. Um, so that's the stress of what you eat, what you put in your body, what you're breathing, infections, heavy metals, those sorts of things. There is emotional stress, so the stress that we think about every day. Mm -hmm. And then even nowadays we have more um, electromagnetic stress. So with blue light coming from our computers, we have the Wi-Fi, we have microwaves, we have all this radiation around us um, as well too that's just bombarding our bodies with it all. But what stress ultimately does is it knocks us out of place, really. So stress is interpreted by, I'm not going to get too scientific, but it's interpreted by your prefrontal lobe. We love to ahead. geek out on this you stuff. You like to geek out on this stuff? Perfect. Okay. So I'm excited. So the prefrontal lobe is right in the front of your brain. It's right behind your forehead. And that creates you, basically. So if there's anywhere that science wants to find a spirit, it's probably in your prefrontal cortex. So that's where your personality lies. That's where problem solving, decision making, all the what they call the executive functions is entailed there. But it also controls hormones. It controls your mental health. It controls um, digestion, all sorts of things. So what stress does is it bombards that prefrontal lobe. Okay. So when that prefrontal lobe is bombarded, that is disrupting its natural state. So the prefrontal lobe, easiest way is like, it's like a conductor. So if you think of the Ohio State marching bands and you have the drum major that leads them out, leads them out um, at the right tempo, at the right pace and everything, that's what the prefrontal cortex does to the rest of our body. But let's just say that the drum major was sick that day. The Ohio State Marching Band can still do its formation, still do the script Ohio, but it's probably not going to be as accurate. It's not going to look as nice. It can fumble around and get there, but it's just not going to be perfect as like what a drum major would do. So that's what the prefrontal cortex is involved with. If that's not working, if that's not there because of stress, what happens then is your emotional brain takes over. Okay. So this is where I give the example of which you guys probably can relate to is you have a week of stress. By the end of the week, you just want to break down and cry, or you just want to be alone. You just don't want to be around <laughs> the kids. That's when our emotional brain just takes over because the prefrontal cortex has been just bombarded all week long. So that's where that prefrontal cortex is the key to trying to figure out how to handle stress the best, especially physical um, with our bodies, trying to get it all under control with that. So when you guys come in for your adjustments, that's what we're looking at with the body because the cool thing about the prefrontal cortex is it controls motor components too. So we can tell how your muscles are, we can tell your leg length and all those sorts of things of how stress has affected your day with it. The other fun thing, getting geeky again too, is when you look at each hemisphere of the brain, you have the left side and you have the right side. The left side is going to be more your, of your accelerator is what research has found. And your right brain is more of your brake system. So that's where most of the time you guys probably have your right leg short, short because of a left brain weakness because your left brain controls the right side of the body. So with the left brain, that's your go, 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 go. And if that brain's on all the time and your brakes aren't working, then this is going to wear out the left side more than the right side would with it too. That makes total that sense. Yeah. <laughs> My right leg is short often. <laughs> yes. Holy. <laughs> So that's, it's just fun learning these little caveats and just mm -hmm. seeing how the body's so interconnected, especially with stress. That's what, 
Again, I was going to talk about it later, but that's why we get kind of into heart rate variability, though, too. I mean, you guys have both done that at the office, but heart rate variability looks at how much, and it can quantify the stress in our lives, which is really cool. So that's where, um, with the listeners, if they have like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or a Whoop or one of those watches, usually it's their wellness score is what they'll calculate for their heart rate variability. And that can tell how you're handling stress and how stress is handling you with it, too. Just like that term, how stress is handling you. Yes. Not <laughs> nicely, usually, right? Not very nice. <laughs> Dr. Elisha, what are um, the three different stages of stress? So the three different stages are, you have your first stage is the alarm state. So the alarm state is what we think about when we get in a stressful situation. So it's like running away from a tiger, is what I always use the example of. So when you're running away from the tiger, your heart's going to be racing fast, you're going to have high blood pressure, you're going to, um, all your blood's going to be going to your muscles to help you fight or flee, okay? Whereas... Um, the next stage is then um, the resistance stage. So the resistance stage occurs when that tiger's been chasing you for a long period of time. So your body's still pumping out your adrenaline, your cortisol, those stress hormones like it was in the alarm stage. But this time it's starting to run out of resources is what's happening. So that's really common in our society, especially we're not getting chased by tigers, but we're being chased by our bosses, we're being chased by the media, we're being chased by all sorts of things. So that's where a lot of people in our society are in the resistance stage, and a lot too are also in the exhaustion stage. So the exhaustion stage deals more with, especially your adrenal glands, but it can also deal with your brain function too. But exhaustion stage is exactly what it is. Everything's exhausted. So you've depleted all of your nutrients that you've had. You've depleted your mental capacity. These are usually the people that come to us. Unfortunately, I wish we would see people more in the resistance stage, but we get mostly the exhausted stage where it takes a lot of time and a lot of work to get everything rebuilt and reprogrammed, um, especially with people's brains and how they think, getting that reprogrammed to become the best potential they can be. Um, I think I was one of those people that have come <laughs> in an exhaustion state. <laughs> um, and I've shared on the podcast before about my own journey yeah. with stress and anxiety. And um, I... Just a little background for you. I spent just kind of years overextending myself and literally was trying to fit more into a week than there are hours. Like literally yeah. just trying to be able to do all the things and do all the things perfectly. Um, so I started to feel the stress on my body and my mind over time. And I don't think like I would have attributed initially, I would have attributed that to the stress in my life. But like timing, like if you look at like when I started having different types of pain that would pop up, yeah. like it almost, yeah. it's like months after I've added big things into my life that were stressful, um, starting a part-time job with four kids at home and, and just dealing with the different stresses. Um, so even after like I slowed my life down, left a job and um, have worked to kind of reduce some of the stress in our home. Um, I still feel like my body is just recovering from the impact of neglecting, you know, caring, caring for it because I'm caring for all the other things, but also 
just all that stress that I put on it and didn't give myself permission to yeah. to rest. Um, do you see this a lot in your practice? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Very, You're not the common. only one, Emily. <laughs> yes. This is why our podcast exists, to let yes. other people know that they are not alone. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Um, oh, my goodness. So many people with it. And such a, a younger age, too, than we expect mm-hmm. as well. Um, but my wife, especially, has a passion for it just because of what her mother's gone through. Um, my mother-in-law doesn't have the best health. She's healthy overall, but she's had her gallbladder removed. She's got some thyroid issues, et cetera, et cetera. And what my wife's passion is, she's seen how my mother-in-law has sacrificed her health for the health of others. And that's what we see with a lot, especially like you guys coming into the office as moms. You guys sacrifice a lot for your kids and husbands that you forget about taking care of yourself. And that's what my wife really preaches, especially to the moms coming in, um, is just taking that time, especially all the day. It's just going to be an hour just to recuperate, get away from the kids a little bit, have some me time. I know you guys think it's selfish. It's really not, though, because you guys need it. Because the big thing is, if you're sick and under the weather, then who's going to take care of the husband and the kids? Because I know a lot of husbands can't cook. And a <laughs> Mine lot of, does. That's good. Mine does, too. <laughs> that's good. But, uh, yeah, Are you saying that you don't? <laughs> uh, I do. I do cook more than my wife does. So <laughs> We're just not the norm at this table. <laughs> yes, not at all. Um but yeah, we see that a lot. So you're not alone in it. Mm-hmm. And the listeners, they're not alone either. That it's so common that yeah. people, yeah, people just don't sacrifice for themselves. And that's what yeah. we see with, especially, I don't want to exclude the men, but a lot of women mm-hmm. just come in with that. I think it's just the way you guys think, and mm-hmm. especially mothers, of sacrificing for their kids, yeah. that they sacrifice a lot of their health. I think that's such an important point too because taking care of ourselves does seem selfish sometimes um because sometimes it's it's time that you're taking but also money um a lot of times too like if you're going to a holistic chiropractor that takes money um it takes time to go to the appointments it takes time to practice silence and solitude it takes time to exercise you, you know it takes time to plan healthy meals and do all of those things so there it does seem like a pretty big sacrifice but we can't sacrifice our own health to right. take care of people around us um, because that's not good at all um, so now that we know that impact that the stress and unhealthy parts of ourselves and environments can have on our physical health uh, what can we do about it good question so going back to the prefrontal cortex, it's whatever we can stimulate that with. So I'm a little biased, but I'm a chiropractor, and that's what research has actually shown is with adjustments, it can stimulate that prefrontal cortex. Um, so with that, that's why I forget what year they did. They did a survey of thousands upon thousands of chiropractic patients, and they found that, um, what was it? It was, oh, just feeling overall healthier or happier. And there was a 70, I think it was 70 to 75% people chose that option to say that adjustments just made them feel uplifted, that they had a more positive mood, that they just felt better overall. And with chiropractic, we, as chiropractors, we were asked the question, well, why? Because we just thought we affected the spine and why would we be affecting mood or anything like that? But it comes to find out, it was about five or six years ago, maybe a little longer than that, there was a researcher from New Zealand that did a study, and she got, um, I 
think it was with a German researcher. They went and did tons of brain mapping as people were getting adjusted. And they found actually that we affect the prefrontal cortex with adjustments, specifically with the neck adjustments too. So that's where now we're figuring out, oh, this is why people actually have better moods. They can sleep better at night. These different things is because we're affecting that, that prefrontal cortex with the adjustments. So chiropractic is a great way to retrain that brain. That's a really cool thing about the brain too, is it's neuroplastic, meaning that it can change with time. So the more you educate it, the more you do things with it, that the brain likes it. Um, because we have habits and habits can be good or bad. So a lot of us, we have those bad habits. It's the posture we have, it's the food we eat, it's the comfort we take. But with habits, it's just like quitting smoking. You just had to find another habit to replace it with. Mm -hmm. And that's what we preach at the pra our practice too, is it's trying to um, quit those bad habits and re-go er, and re-stimulate those good behaviors with it. And I feel like I went off course. What was your question again? <laughs> um, it was, what can we do? Oh, what can we do? That, yeah. yeah, so anyway, chiropractic <laughs> adjustments are great. Exercise has been shown to that helps stimulate that prefrontal lobe. Um, um, eating healthy, sleeping, getting good night's sleep. Um, going just back to the basics of what I say. So it's just eating your fruits and vegetables, getting good protein in, exercise, all those sorts of things. Just living a healthy lifestyle helps stimulate that prefrontal lobe with it. And so, like, so it's really the activating that prefrontal cortex that helps us be able to navigate stress better in our Absolutely, lives? Absolutely, yes. So the big thing, I know your listeners can't see, but what we show is you use your wrist, okay, and then your fist and hand is going to be your brain. So what you do is you put your thumb into your palm. Your thumb is that limbic system, that emotional brain I was talking about earlier. And then when you curl your fingers over, that's the rest of your brain, okay? And so then your knuckles, the front part, is going to be your prefrontal cortex, okay? So what happens with stress, okay, it knocks out this prefrontal cortex, so then your fingers open up and it exposes the thumb, your limbic brain, okay, your emotional brain with it. So then your emotional brain is going to be controlling what you do, okay? So that's where, like, with depression, anxiety, the emotional brain is on overhaul. It's just running everything. But if we have a strong prefrontal cortex that can navigate those stresses, like you were saying, mm -hmm. it can keep that emotional brain intact. So then we can focus, we can concentrate, we can control our moods better with it all. So I've heard this analogy before in a in a counseling yeah. situation, like, um, and I just love specifically like when I learned this was in regards to like kids meltdowns anybody yes. else have kids that have meltdowns because mine do <laughs> and one of the greatest like parenting tips I learned was that when they're um in a meltdown mode they're like yes you know the prefrontal cortex the, is yes, exposed the, yeah yeah they're, so they're working from that emotional brain and they can't like they can't work in reason like so they're like yeah. so when your kid's melting down and you're trying to talk at them and tell them um, you know, try to like walk them through it or reason with them. Like this doesn't make sense. Like they, right. they can't yes. like you have to help get them back thinking from that prefrontal cortex yes. before they're going to be able to reason at all. So Absolutely. Um, that was just like a fascinating thing. And it just, and we see that all the time with kids that come into the office mm -hmm. is we get a lot of kids with that ADHD, ADD, autistic spectrum sort of thing. And that's where parents see a huge difference mm -hmm 
is that they can reason better. They're not as moody. They don't have temper tantrums as often. It's because with those adjustments, that prefrontal cortex is being stronger. That's not allowing that emotional brain to be exposed as much. And I know with kids, that's also still developing. Absolutely. So it's like... They have found... Mine's not even developed yet. They're finding with men, it can be up to age 28 now that the prefrontal cortex is still developing. That's crazy. That is fascinating. We are all still works in progress. Yes. That's the fascinating thing. That's what I love about our bodies is you can train it to do anything. Like... There's so many people out there that do amazing things, and it's just like, how in the world? <laughs> but we have all we all have that potential. Yeah. God yeah. gave it all to us, yeah. so it's just untapping it. So, as we've mentioned before, we have been talking about practices that help us slow down and eliminate hurry. So, some of the practices we have talked about are silence and solitude, prayer, observing the Sabbath, simplifying our lives, and literally just slowing down like <laughs> literally yeah. um so we know these things are good for our souls but they must have some impact on our bodies as well right absolutely <laughs> yes. it just goes back to everything we were talking about that um just relaxing getting everything under control helps that prefrontal lobe to handle the stress too it can process it easier that it doesn't freak out and let the emotional brain come uncovered um, and you guys have been doing a great job expressing that too with your podcast of, yeah, just getting everything slowed down. We live in such a chaotic society mm-hmm. where we're bombarded every which way. Sometimes I just wish I had a cabin in the woods that I could just go to and just relax. I think we all kind of yeah. have that little bit of a fantasy of just like leaving all this craziness behind yeah. and just living yeah. just a simple life. Like, yes. I think... I don't know if we'd actually like it, but I think there's that. Like, sounds appealing. It does like, sound sounds very idealistic. I love technology, but at the same time, I'm like, it just yeah. makes life chaotic, yeah. too. Yeah. I wish I could get rid of the cell phone once in a while, but, yeah, it's it's a different world, for sure. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing with, especially chronic diseases that they're finding, because it only came about 100 years ago when our society just became faster and faster, is... Mm-hmm autoimmune issues and heart disease and all these other things that are going on. I mean, our environment's not clean by any means. Our food has never been crappier. Our air has never been dirtier. So it's other things, but also the stress upon it too. With it just seems to have lots of issues. Cause that's interesting when you look at like third world countries of how slow their lifestyle is, even though they don't have the food, they don't have the technology, they don't have anything that we have, they're so much calmer and more relaxed than we are that they don't have a lot of these issues that our first world um, people have. That doesn't surprise it. me. Yeah. Hey. No, not at all. Yeah. That's it. But, yeah. So, um... Can you share with us a little bit about the first principle of chiropractic philosophy? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's in our notes. Man. It is in our notes. I, I wouldn't I have known to ask that otherwise. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we're getting philosophical. I like it. Sounds super intelligent. We're going to get deep. Sarah's just been, like, tugging that away, ready to pull that out. <laughs> have you? Okay. Yeah. So, there's... So in school, we learned there's 33 chiropractic principles. Ooh, 33. Um, 33, yes. I don't know them all. But there's one. The first one is very interesting. 
Um, and the first principle basically states that there's two things in the universe. So there's substance, which includes energy and matter. So with Einstein and all of his um, knowledge, he has proven that um, things can go from energy to matter and matter into energy, essentially. Okay, so that's going to be substance. And then the second thing that's out in the universe is intelligence or thoughts. Okay, intelligence or thoughts isn't physical um, unless it's expressed through substance, okay, which is energy or matter. So thoughts or intelligence are nowhere, but they're also everywhere. And thoughts and intelligence is part of the physical universe, and, or it's not part of the physical universe until it's expressed through substance, okay? So a great example of that is explaining like we're living through the intelligence and thought of Henry Ford by driving cars. It was his idea of creating the factory line of getting cars um, uh, to the like the middle class and everything so everyone can drive them. But also being believers in Christ, we live in the intelligence of um, God the Father, the creator of the universe. So we are living out his intelligence or his thoughts as well. So um, this is where we getting back to where thoughts can become matter and then also matter can become thoughts. So if we don't have a positive attitude, if we're um, not happy with ourselves, if we can't forgive ourselves of different things, this is where we find a lot of people with autoimmune issues. So with autoimmune, it basically is where your body is attacking itself. So just like your mind's attacking itself, your body's attacking itself. So then like our anxiety causes anxiety. issues yes. in our bodies too. Yes, Fun. absolutely. <laughs> but then also the opposite is what they're finding is when your gut's imbalanced, if you're not getting the right food in your diet, if you're not exercising, then that can also cause your thoughts to be off <laughs> as well too. So it's that yin and the yang where you have to have both. You have to have a balance of both your physical and your spiritual side, mm -hmm. but also vice versa yeah. too yeah. with that. So, yeah, chiropractic principles, it's very interesting when you're getting into it. Obviously, they don't say in chiropractic school because there's many religions that go to the chiropractic school. You have your Christians, your Jews, your Muslims. So they don't say, even though it's all the same God technically, but they don't say um, that it's... Um, God, they just say it's a universal intelligence mm -hmm. is how they use it. But every principle goes back to essentially the Bible yeah. with it. It's it's just fascinating to see that type of philosophy with it. Yeah. And I could geek out on that all day. <laughs> the philosophy behind it all is, is just fascinating. The other thing it says, too, is the power that made the body heals the body, mm. too. So that the body has its God-given potential to heal itself when you give it the right nutrients, when you open up the pathways to that healing yeah. with it, too. That's really interesting. Um, I just want to go back a little bit to where you said, you know, when you can't love yourself, your body will not love you. And I don't know about our listeners, but that's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a gut punch. Um, yeah. But so I think that loving ourselves comes back again to having our identity rooted in Christ, which Absolutely. is something Emily yeah. and I talk about a lot on this yeah. podcast <laughs> so um in him we are already beloved and in a workshop i was listening to recently they talked about first corinthians 13 and the love chapter you know and we yeah. always hear that like at weddings or uh and relating to other people but this speaker talked about 
what if we applied the first Corinthians love to ourselves? Um, we can be patient with ourselves. We can be kind to ourselves. We can forgive ourselves and not keep a record of all the things that we've done wrong. We can love ourselves with a love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And when we actually receive the love that God has for us and begin to love ourselves, we can't help but grow into more healthy people overall. Absolutely. Is there That's anything great. else you'd like to add? No. It was fun being here, guys. Yeah. yeah. What have you guys have thought about your experience with your physical bodies being better? I mean, it's still a process, obviously. Yeah. It is, yeah. And, um, but I think that I'm learning how much things are connected and yeah. I have to take care of myself as a whole. And so I think sometimes in church we um, think, well, we're just, we just need to take care of our spiritual selves or um, we can think, oh, well, if I just get this anxiety under control, then I'll be fine. But it's like we need all of these pieces yeah. and it's like I need to take care of my body to help with anxiety and mm -hmm. I need to, yes. you know, it's like all these things need to come together. And, um, I, I think it's just a process and a journey and just learning to kind of accept where we are in it. Right. And yeah. which can be hard when you're still like, you know, not necessarily where you want to be like, right. you know, as a whole yeah. person, like, but, um, a big part of growing and learning is accepting right where we are and, um, taking it a day at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. In our society, I feel like we always look to the future mm -hmm. when we just need to look at the now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of anxiety comes from yeah. is we're always looking a day in advance and not in the present moment yeah. with everything. Yeah. But also to, because um, I know that's like a big move with a lot of pastors is that, I forget what verse it is, but where they say um, our body is the temple of the spirit. And that's where a lot of pastors will take it literally that they like you should have the best fit body like just the whole but i mean that is true in the matter of the physical helping with the spiritual too because when your body's feeling good the spiritual side is easier to um encompass as yeah. well with it yeah so so dr elisha again thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your passion um on this and thank you for being part of our lives too and helping us <laughs> on our healing journeys it's right. um both of us have um experienced you know improvement in not only physical health but mental and um, emotional health as well since uh, we've started coming to you so if any of our listeners would like to learn more about jones chiropractic or perhaps schedule your first visit um, <laughs> you can go to drjoneschiropractic.com or call 419-331-2040 we will also put this information in the show notes so you can find it easily too so perfect all right thank you guys thank you again thank you Thank you for joining us on this episode of Authentically Alongside. We hope this was an encouragement to you as we walk together towards Jesus.